to the Anime Summit Podcast. It's your favorite host, Sound the Bomb. And of course, with me every week is Aww. Danny and Nick are here. And let me explain why. Because there were some scheduling things, and I looked at the wrong calendar, and I pretty much 100% my fault, and I was just like, ah, oh, crap. And then Nick kind of suggested, well, let's move the topic to next week. Let's push it to next week. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that because next week we have a guest and I've canceled it on this guest like three times. Not canceled, but changed it up with them like three or four times. And and also Danny's going to be on vacation vacation next week. And so um, the topic we're doing, Danny didn't really want to be a part of anyway. So it kind of worked out to do this topic when she was gone. And that's another reason. Just like there's multiple reasons why I just didn't want to push it. So, um normally that's what we would do we would just push it to next week and rearrange some things but also having planned out like all of march and april and some of may um i just was like i don't want to do that i don't want to push because i you know with all the planning that went into that and then of course the other reasons i listed earlier you know i just didn't want to do that so instead i just said you know what how about you guys just take it easy this week and i will just do something and put something out and it'll be fine. And it just was kind of a strange, you know, kind of a strange way it worked out because also, like, I didn't want any there, there to be any issues or whatever, debate. And I was just like, I can't think about this right now. Let me just do something by myself. It'll be fine. And I'll, I'll think of something that way because it'll be easy and then we can put content out. So I apologize. So if this is not this is not your normal episode. And so I apologize for that. That being said, it'll be kind of like listening to a soundcast. So if you're a patron, you definitely know what those are. You know, solo casts are something we do that are Patreon exclusives. Um, so that's another reason to become a patron because it's just more content, more podcasting happening over there. And you get solo casts, which are podcast episodes, anime summit podcast episodes that are just like one host, right? So I've done a bunch of those over there. So this will kind of be like that, okay? So that being said... That's enough of my excuses and explanations. Um, I figured today would be fun if I... Because I don't get to talk about it much on the normal podcast because Nick and Danny are smelly and they smell. So, like, I thought it'd be cool to talk about five mecha anime that I personally think that you guys should watch. And you're probably, you're probably rolling your eyes going, oh, here goes Sam with the mecha anime again. Jeez, that fucking hoe. No, I know. But this is, like, one of the few chances I get to talk about it. I mean, I've talked about it on the... Um, on some solo casts before, and I've talked about it over there at Anime Brothers. The last episode I was on on the Anime Brothers podcast, we, we talked about it because they did a whole, like, mecha series over there, which was super cool. And um, that was really fun. God, that was fun. So I would go, I would suggest go listening to that episode, too. But these are five anime mecha anime that I think you should watch, and these are not in ranked in any particular order. They're just five that I happened to, to wanted to recommend today and honestly i could recommend way more i just want to narrow it down to five so to keep you know keep things concise and keep things in a timely manner because i could literally go on about um that kind of stuff all the time so let's just jump right into it um actually you know i just realized i didn't grab a listener question of the week and you know what i can't find one so i will just make one up right now honey bear just asked what is your favorite brand of catnip? That's a good question, Honey Bear. Good question. Good question. Number one, you're fat. Number two, 
I like the catnip. Trisha buys this catnip that you can, it's like a little bottle and you can spray it. Um, I mean, regular catnip is fine too. You know, just just a regular leafy ground up leaf or whatever. But the reason why the spray is cool is because if you want your cat to like kind of use like a cat tree more or use a cat bed more or something like that, if you spray that on like, you know, the cat tree or cat bed or whatever kind of thing, they'll be more inclined to use it and be comfortable in that spot. So that's kind of why I like that. And it also like, you know, after you play with them a little bit, the, the spray is like almost a little bit more calming than the actual leaf stuff. I feel like the leaf stuff, like, they'd be snorting it like cocaine, and they're like, oh! whereas, like, the fucking spray stuff is, like, it's a little bit more, like, they're just like, oh, nice. I'm high. I'm high as fuck. Let's go. You know what I mean? So, good question, honey bear. Uh, you're a damn cat, and you're really fat. So, uh, links.animesummit.net. That's where you can find all the links, where to listen, and where to subscribe, and all that good stuff. And like I said earlier, become a patron. Uh, patreon.com slash anime summit give a honey bear more freckles when you become a patron today shout out to new patron digibra and i can't actually tell if that's actually like the artist formerly known as digi digibra or digibro <laughs> probably not but <laughs> anyway uh cool name digibra um thank you for becoming a patron and uh waifu and husbando i decided would be for this episode um would be hikaru ichi Ichijo and Lin Minmei from Macross Do You Remember Love? Which brings me to my first recommendation, which is the Super Dimension Fortress Macross Do You Remember Love? Which is a um almost two hour movie. It's like hour hour and forty five minutes, I think it is, hour forty minutes. Um But first before that, before we get into that, let's talk about mecha anime for a second, okay? It's kind of a dying genre, okay? You've heard me, you've heard me say that millions of times, um, on the podcast. You know, like I, I'm always trying to find each season comes around. And I'm always trying to find like, okay, what's the? Let's see if there's a new mecha anime that's, and it always turns out to be somewhat disappointing, right? Um, which is why I loved the Gundam Witch from Mercury. You know what I mean? It's like I, Gundam is one of the only ones lately that have been kind of still making mecha anime like how they make it, and I. I really enjoyed which from mercury since iron butter orphans was kind of mad to me right so that being said let's talk about what mecha anime is okay mecha anime um known as robot anime or roboto anime uh anime and manga that feature robots in battle um and the genre can be broken down into two subgenres. you've and i've talked about this on the anime brothers podcast that i mentioned earlier uh super robot hero or superhero robot which is like one supersized, you know, implausible kind of, there's someone, something magical about it, maybe um, kind of pseudo-science magical robots that kind of, you know, have like these weird um, special abilities and things like that, or of ancient times, that kind of thing. Um, like Giant Robo, Mazen Kaiser, then Super Robots or Superhero Robots, where it's like, you know, a lot of the time it's like it, it focuses on one robot, right? So like, like I said, Giant Robo, Amazing Kaiser, Getter Robo, um, Die Guard, Die Kanger, all them, right? So, um, and then those can be broken down into another subcategory called, um, I don't know what you call it, Joint Robot, I think is what you call it, where it's like it takes three pieces to make the full robot. So it's like three different vehicles or three different 
smaller mechs or in some form or fashion they combine to make this one superhero and then there's the other one where it's like an ancient kind of civil civilization thing that was made by you know ancient ancient scientists from back in the day or you know they came from another planet and was buried in ancient civilization or created by a mad scientist or a mad genius uh like gigantor giant robo the big o that kind of thing so that in itself is like i i guess you could call mecha not really a genre by itself but somewhat like a blendable genre or a sub sub genre and like as a whole because a lot of the times a lot of mecha anime especially some of the ones i'm going to recommend today are kind of like they're blended with other genres so like you know you can put them in space operas there's whole space operas that are around them. I would consider Mobile Suit Gundam, the original one, you know, a space opera, and Gundams and mechs being the main tools for the war that they're fighting, the one-year war. Um, and then you have um, you have things like Sakura Taisen, where it's like it's a steampunk thing, and we call that wearable ro- robots, you know? Um, the other sub- subcategory of mecha is real robot, right? So real robot is like... Things like Gundam, you know, they're they're mechanical, they're scientific in nature. You know what I mean? They're built like to be functional and that kind of thing. Like Sakura Tyson, right? These are steam powered. The thing are called Kobus. They're steam powered suits that the pilot sits in, and the mechanics make sense. You know, when they explain it to you. Although Sakura Tyson is kind of a weird example because they're also powered by the pilot's spirit energy. So. Anyways, I'm rambling now, but you have two subgenres, the superhero, super robot, and real robots, mecha genres. You can blend both of these genres into space operas, into dramas, into fantasies, into, you know what I mean? So even one of the ones I'm going to talk about today is actually a fantasy one. So that being said, like I mentioned just a bit ago, mecha as a genre as a whole is kind of something on a little bit of on the back burner it's not something that's super popular nowadays and one of the reasons i happen to love it is and it might be because like i grew up with it kind of in a, in a way and also just because i love i just love it i love robots i love mecha design i love building models a lot um as you know um and i love i don't know man i just love it i love it so much dude. i love robots like mechanical beings that like i i even love mecha so much to the point where like i love um you know i love battle girl genre anime where like they have like a an armor like right like bubblegum crisis sinfo gear which is not super mecha ish or battle girl ish but like you know the, there's mecha design involved in their armor which is cool and i love things like that um so that being said, I want to put a, a couple stipulations before I get into my list, before I start on the first one, Macross, do you remember love? couple stipulations. I'm not going to say Evangelion, because we all know how I feel about Evangelion, and we've done a whole episode on it, and we'll be doing probably more episode on it in the future. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, rebuild. Oh. Um, and then also, I'm not going to mention anything Gundam, because... Um, Gundam is kind of like the one franchise that's keeping it alive right now with the stuff they're putting out. Um, even though I thought Iron-Blooded Orphans was kind of meh, there's a lot of stuff that they've been putting out recently that has been really good. The new main one, which from Mercury, which is really good. 
Um, and then also, you know, Thunderbolts, The Origin. Um, they're coming out with the Hathaway movies soon, Gundam Hathaway. So those are going to be super cool. And all that stuff. So I'm not going to say anything Gundam, right? Because it, if it were, I'd be all over the place. Like I could do a whole episode just recommending Gundam shows to you and things like that. Um, a lot of people feel like they don't know where to start in Gundam. Um, and like, it's just some confusing thing and it's really not that hard. It literally just, all you have to know, do or understand is that there's the universal century and that's kind of like the biggest one that has the most anime. Um, and then there's other centuries that kind of take place around it, kind of like in an, like in different timelines, different universes. Don't really have one to do with the other, that kind of thing, right? So there's the Cosmic Era or the Cosmic Century, which is, um, you know, Gundam Seed and Gundam Seed Destiny. There's the Future Century, which is has G Gundam and some other stuff. Um, and then there's the Universal Century, which is the biggest one. It's got the most fucking shows. It's got 20 plus shows in that. Um, all you need to know is that you need to understand what the One Year War is in the Universal Century. And then you can literally just go from there. And then I would watch the Mobile Suit Gundam, the original, the movies, because they're compilation movies. Watch those movies, and then from there, do whatever you want. It's literally whatever you want. It's not that confusing. So that is why I won't be saying Gundam, because I could literally do a whole separate episode on that. And I just talked about Witch from Mercury on our recent seasonal, or summies, right? In, in our seasonal review. So um, no Evangelion, no Gundam, because we know how I feel about those. And these are ones that I feel like people should watch to kind of get outside of those things, right? Because those are like the big things that everyone, those are the big mecha anime that a lot of people talk about is Gundam Evangelion, that kind of thing. And Evangelion, even by itself, has a whole other mess of genres in it. And it's just a big blend of emotions and themes and things like that. So that being said, um, let's start off with the first recommendation, okay? Macross, do you remember love? Now let's start here. Let's start... You're going to hear me clicking around a lot, okay? So I apologize. But first of all, let's start about what Macross is, okay? It is a science fiction mecha anime media mix, media franchise. And so this is one of those multimedia things, multimedia projects, you know, where there's not necessarily one continuity. There's there's anime, there's manga, there's radio dramas, there's games, that kind of thing. It's, 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 all, it's all of it put together, right? You'll notice a lot of idol shows lately do that kind of thing and a lot of um a lot of mobile games franchises that start as mobile games do that right they'll get the mobile game first anime later manga later and it's like they all kind of blend together as one continuity or not you know what i mean so macross is actually one of the first multimedia mixed media franchises to do that it, they were one of the first things to be, have like a mixed media thing um, it was created by Studio Nue, um, most prominently mecha designer and writer and producer Shoji Kawamori, and Artland in 1982. Shoji Kawamori, some may call him, like, one of the grandfathers of mecha design, okay? And Macross and Super Dimension Forces Macross is very heavily inspired by Mobile Suit Gundam, okay? When Mobile Suit Gundam came out, everyone was like, man, this is amazing. I want to make my own thing of this. This is awesome. And that is what Shoji Kawamori and uh, Studio Nue and Arland set out to do. 
And so they came up with this thing called the Super Dimension Fortress Macross. And there's actually, technically, there's a big thing about Super Dimension Fortress Macross that actually takes place in a trilogy um, called the Super Dimension Trilogy. Um, Macross being its own thing, the other two, uh, Orgus and uh, what was the third one? Something West. I'm trying to remember the the name of it, but like, um, they are uh, here. Actually, I think I found it. The Super Dimension Trilogy, which is Super Dimension Century Orgus and Super Dimension Cavalry Southern Cross. So, Orgus and Southern Cross don't really have much to do with Macross. It's just part of like, it's kind of like Lars von Trier's Depression Trilogy, right? Melancholia, Antichrist, and uh, Nymphomaniac, right? None of those movies have anything to do with each other. It just acts as a trilogy because uh, the themes are presented and executed differently across the three films. Whereas this is the same same thing. The super dimension thing is like, it's part of it. Um, that being said, for the services, we're obviously talking about Super Dimensional Fortress Macross. Features mechanical designs by, of course, Sho- Shoji Kawamori, uh, Kazutaka Miyatake, and uh, character designs by Haruhiko Mikimoto of Artland. And uh, it's one of the first anime idols. It's one of the first anime to feature the, one of the first anime idols, Lin Min Mei, who was our waifu. Okay. Uh, Super Dimension Fortress Macross uh, was 36 episodes, and it was directed by Noboru Ishiguro. Um, but for the purposes of this, the recommendation that I'm recommending is Super Dimension Fortress Macross, Do You Remember Love? Which is the movie, it's a film adaptation of the original Macross series with new animation. And the storyline of the film, it doesn't, it doesn't really fit into like the actual like chronology of Macross. And later it becomes like a dramatized movie of fictionalized events. Like, in, like, you know what I mean? Like, it becomes, like, a lifetime movie that later characters in later Macross series watch. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, that's a dramatization of that one war that happened with the Zentradi all those years ago. And it becomes, like, a movie within the universe kind of thing. Um, but Do You Remember Love is amazing. It's, it's, it's animated amazingly. It's, oh, my God. It's so, it's so good. Like, it's super cool. You get the idea of of Super Dimension Fortress Macross um, within this movie, I think. The main mechs in it are things called Veritex, and they can transform. These I would call... This I would call a space opera real robot mecha show, So, because it follows the Super Dimension Fortress Macross and the war they're fighting against the Zentradi um, at the edge of the solar system. And they use the Veritex to fight their wars and battles and stuff. And the Veritex themselves are real robots. They're really functional. You can see how they transform everything. So they transform from a plane to a full, like, humanoid mech. And then a hybrid of the two, where it's like a plane at the top with legs at the bottom. Um, which is super cool. It's a very cool thing. Um, and also, just like, it, it's it's super cool, man. The music in it is really cool. Um it, they also kind of blended like the idol genre in it, which I don't even know if they knew they were really doing at the time. It's just that Lin Min Mei was a Japanese pop idol. 
And so they kind of carry that theme in later Macross series, especially Macross Frontier with like, you know, Cheryl Gnome and Ronka Lee and all that stuff. But like, yeah, Do You Remember Love is really cool. Um, I have not watched it in a very long time. Um, and I do really like looking when I was doing the research for it and stuff earlier, I was like, man, I really want to rewatch this. Like, it's super cool. I have not seen it in forever and I would very much like to watch it again. Um, but yeah, Shoji Kawamori is amazing. Yeah. Noboru Ishiguro is also a, a pretty sweet director. You also have Hideki Anno, who was doing key animation and along with Hiroaki Goda, uh, doing key animation for do you remember love it on and honestly it shows you can tell when you watch the movie um like that the style is recognizable you know what i mean so yeah first one is macross do you remember love now remember i want to say honey bear that these are now in, in no particular order it's just five that i chose that were outside of you know outside you know th that they fit in within my rule set of this for the purposes of this episode so not in any order, not Gundam, not Evangelion, because you know how I feel about those and that kind of thing. This next one is what I would like to call. Mm, I, it's weird because it, it, it blends it blends around a lot. OK, so. This one is also script, storyboard, screenplay, original creation and produced by Shoji Kawamori. And if anything, this just shows you his, like, range of, like, the kind of stories he wants to tell. But this next one is called Tenku no Escaflone, or The Vision of Escaflone. Now, me and Danny did an EX episode with Weeb Chad number two, Zach. Um, I think it was an EX episode. Yeah, it was, I think it was an EX episode uh, where we did a review of the movie, and that movie is just called Escaflone. And The Vision of Escaflone is the series. The movie Escaflone is just kind of like a retell Um a reimagining kind of um the, the differences are not super stark i mean there is a lot of uh, obviously the way the things pan out is different than the series um and i don't remember if on there i said i like the series more and i actually haven't seen the series in a long time either but i'll tell you what this is a sweet blend of fantasy um super robots and also somewhat real robot and not not realizing like because because even there's there's parts where the escaflone transforms as well the escaflone being the main mech um if you could even call it that i think there, there's a different name for it because obviously like they're um oh they're called gaima lefts that's what they're called they're called gaima lefts it's like an ancient ancient kind of you know magical machinery and the main one is the escaflone and so you could also consider this to be one of the first isekais ever because it follows a high school girl named Hatomi Kanzaki. And she kind of has like an interest in the occult and tarot reading and whatever. And then she's chilling on the school rooftop, I think. I don't remember if it was the rooftop in the series, but it was in the movie. But she's chilling at school and a huge dragon comes and attack like or like. I'm talking like D&D &D motherfucking looking dragon with the long neck and the big wings, hoarding treasure kind of dragon. And then Van comes and kills the dragon. And then a pillar of light envelops them both and transports them to the world of Gaia, which is like a mysterious land where the earth hangs in the sky. So like as described on my enemy list. And from there, 
uh, Hitomi soon discovers that Van is like a king of this kingdom and shit. And there's these evil guys. I forgot the name of their, their I forgot the name of like their organization or army or whatever. But they want to take over Gaia pretty much. And so there's other guy malefs in it um, that Van fights against. So that's why I don't want to say that it's like a super hero robot because there's other robots in it. Um, but Escaflone is the main one, so I, I guess you would still call it the superhero because it focuses on the Escaflone, obviously. Um, and there's other ones that they fight because Gaia Malefs are like, they're rare, but they're not, there's not just so few of them that, you know what I mean? So, I mean, there there's just few of them, but like there's plenty enough where like they'll fight whole like battles and win wars with these things, right? So it's fucking crazy. Um, it was originally planned to be 39 episodes and then it was reduced to a 26 episode run after cuts to its budget and extensive reworking of the plot, which is something that I didn't know until today. Um, honestly, but I do like the character designs a lot. The mecha design by Shoji Kawamori is also amazing. Just these high fantasy looking, they almost just look like these sick, like knights that have been like, automatized by like magical armor or something. I don't fucking know. They're very kingly and knightly and queenly and all that stuff. Right. I, I don't know if queenly is a word, but Shinichiro Watsunabe was also a storyboarder on that bitch. Um, you have uh key animation by Manamu Fukuzawa and key animation by Seichi Hashimoto and uh, Yasuhiro uh, Irie. I don't pronounce that wrong, but so many, so many great key animators who worked on Gundam and other things, uh, worked on Vision of Escaflone, and I just love it so much, man. It's so cool, and I love the art style too. The art style is kind of, I wouldn't say unique to Escaflone. Like I've seen other anime that has this style, but like, there's something about like the faces. I don't know, especially Delandau, who's like one of my favorite characters in it. He's just this evil motherfucker. Um, but it's, it's fucking dope. And, um, Shoji Kawamori, I'm just reading this right now. Shoji Kawamori first proposed the series after a trip to Nepal, during which he visited the foggy mountain region and pictured a hidden world where an epic focusing on both fate and divination should be set. When he returned, he proposed the series to Bandai Visual and Sunrise. According to Kawamori, his pitch was the series was simple. If Macross was robotic mecha and love songs, why not tell? Why not a story about robotic mecha and div, uh, div, divining powers? Which is like, yeah, hell yeah, dude. That's what's up. Yasuhiro Imagawa was brought on board to direct. He is credited with coining the word escaflone, which is a Latin-based derivative word of escalation. That would be used in the title. Um, he imagined kind of a more typical shonen series that was heavily male-oriented and that kind of thing. However, he left the project before production started to direct Mobile Fighter G Gundam. And then they didn't have a director for a while. And then they brought in Kazuki Akane as the new director. So, honestly, I'm okay with that because it is a little kind of... There's elements of shoujo in it, which is super cool. You can kind of think of it like Inuyasha in a way, where it's Kagome getting isekai to this fantastical world. And she meets Inuyasha, where in this case... It's Hitomi getting whisked away to this fantastical world and she meets Van, you know, the heroes of each story. So very cool. Very much recommend um, 
vision of Escafloni. Very cool. Very cool show. Let's see. Which one do I want to do next? You know what? I think we'll talk about the big... Oh, dude. The big Joe. Big Joe. Big O. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so if you grew up in the same times as I did, you probably watched the big O on Toonami and or Adult Swim. And this is what I would call a modern version of, like, the big hero, big superhero, right? Um, big superhero robots. Um, you know, we had, like, Amazing Kaiser, Get a Robo, um, Gigantor, Giant Robo. These kind of these older, you know, these older things, right? They were... You had not really seen those robots for a while, okay? I would like to think, and I could be making this up in my own head, right? But, like, I would like to think that the Big O in 1999, and I forgot to say the years of all these animes, by the way. <laughs> um, Escaflowne was, I believe, uh, hold on, let's, let me get, let me get, let me get, hold on a second. Oh, yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, do you remember Love? It is 1984. Woo! 1984, dude. Can you believe that shit? Um, and then Vision of Escafloni was 1996. So anyway, The Big O in 1999. I would like to think, and and I only say this because Escafloni kind of did it, but it was Escafloni was such a way different thing. You know what I mean? It was the the way the, the mecha design and everything, the way that worked. It was like you know there was wars involved and everything. I would like to think that the Big O really brought back the big superhero robot genre in a modernizing way. Um, and this is a mecha anime that's blended with detective noir fiction and things like that. Okay. Um, created by designer Keiichi Sato and directed by Kazu Yoshi Katayama for Sunrise. Um, the head writer was Chiaki J. Konaka, who is best known for his work on Serial Experiments Lane and Helsing. Um, and the story takes place 40 years after a mysterious occurrence causes the residents of Paradigm City to lose their memories. And it follows Roger Smith, the Paradigm City's top negotiator. He provides this much needed service with the help of a robot named R. Dorothy Wainwright and his butler, Norman Berg, when the need arises. Roger calls upon the Big O, a giant relic from the city's past, to, you know, defend the city and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, it becomes a trip, man. Like, it starts unfolding the mysteries of the city and things like that. All the while, the way to solve conflicts in the show are with the Big O, this big robot who is designed by Keiichi Sato. And they did the character design and mecha design for it. And if you just look at pictures of the big O, and actually, if you just type in the big O, type in Megadeuce, because that's what they're called. The robots are called, the robots in this are called Megadeuce or Megadeus. Um, androids are giant robots known as Megadeus or Megadeuses. Um, if you just look at the designs of them, you know what I mean? They're very reminiscent of things like Giant Robo 
and Getter Robo, especially. I really feel like I really even feel like Giant Robo was probably the biggest inspiration. Um, but uh, particularly Kaiju Tokusatsu set pieces and that kind of thing were big inspirations for it. And, you know, it kind of starts off at first, you know, it's kind of episodic in the first half. And you start getting introduced to more characters and such and all that good stuff, right? But, like, as the series goes on and more things unfold about Paradigm City, you start realizing, like, holy shit, I'm in deep. This is some shit, right? And um, what's really cool about it, too, is the the <laughs> the character design. Um, oh, look, here's right here. Uh, Super Robot Red Baron and Super Robot Mock Baron. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of those, but they're old-school tokusatsu big hero robots. So they're not anime, but they're live-action big hero robots. Um, but the the design of the characters um, and the, the art style of, like, how they're drawn and even, even, even the color palette of Paradigm City is supposed to take heavily inspiration from um, Batman the Animated Series. Um, which, like, is one of the first things you'll notice right away. Um, Batman the Animated Series with Kevin Conroy and, uh, you know, Bob Kane and uh, all that stuff, right? It's just amazing. You know, it's the character designs in that are super sweet. They're super cool. The art style is so iconic in in Batman the Animated Series. It's just amazing, right? And so it was really cool to see that there was an anime that um, kind of wanted to take inspiration from from that. You know what I mean? So uh, Bruce Timm, uh, if you look up the artist Bruce Timm, you'll, and then you look up the big O character designs next to Bruce Timm's artwork. You know what I mean? You'll kind of see it. A little bit so super dope super cool show the big o is really great i highly recommend it to everybody great show directed by um kazuyoshi karayama storyboard and mostly apps directed episode 26 and he did the screenplay so you might also know him as the director and storyboarder for uh uh not director but storyboarder for tiger and bunny a lot of attack on titan samurai champloo and some apple seed stuff. So, super cool. Uh, okay, we're at number four now. And we're already... Oh, look, we made, we're making good time, I think. The fourth one I want to recommend is Getter Robo Armageddon. And so, some people are going to be like, well, that doesn't make sense, right? Because you're a bitch. And... Oh, I totally forgot to mention Akihiko Yamashita. He did, he's a key animator for Lane, the Big O, Escaflone, the movie, Kara, Smackross Plus, uh, Angel Cop. So look that person up on Sakagaboro, Akihiko Yamashita. Um, and this is also relevant because the reason why I say keep that name in your, in, in, look that, keep that name in mind is because this guy has done a lot of key animation for a lot of key animation and animation directing for a lot of mecha stuff. And especially a few of the ones that I'm talking about right now. 
um, Escaflone, Big O, and this next one I'm talking about, which is Getter Robo Armageddon. So first of all, let's talk about Getter Robo. What's Getter Robo? Getter Robo is a mecha media franchise. This is another big hero one, okay? And this is what I like to call joint hero. So Getter Robo can't be made unless Getter 1, Getter 2, and Getter 3 are formed together, okay? It is a mecha media franchise created by Ken Ishikawa and Go Nagai. And if you don't remember who Go Nagai is, he is literally one of the most like legendary manga artists of science fiction, sci-fi, gothic, horror, gothic, erotica. He's amazing. He did Cutie Honey, Devil Man, Amazing Z, and all that kinds of stuff. Violence Jack. He's um, been a part of the uh, Tezuka Assignment Culture Prize nominating committee since 2009. He's legendary. He was one of the people back in the day who was like, he was basically the Mortal Kombat of mangaka and anime artists, right? Like, Mortal Kombat came out and they were like, crap, we need to come out with a video game rating system because of this shit, right? That was going to guy. Like, he came out with some stuff that was pushing boundaries. It was making people go, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? Holy shit. People with titties and turning into monsters and devils flying everywhere and having sex. And you have red-haired girls transforming and their boobs are flopping everywhere. And, oh, my God. Ugh. Right? So that's who going to guy is. So creating this with Ken Ishikawa, he creates Get a Robo. Um, there was a manga serialized in Shogakukan's Weekly Shonen Sunday. The original anime is a total of 51 episodes. My personal recommendation for this, my the five that I picked here, is Get a Robo Armageddon. And so Get a Robo took place, or was airing, it was, it was Tony Animation. It aired from 1974 to 1975. And Get a Robo Armageddon aired in 98 to 99. And so the reason why is because just visually, I love this one. It just looks amazing. It technically is a sequel to the original 50-some episode one. Whatever. Um which is weird because, like, I mean, you would think that you would want to watch it in release order. And, of course, I recommend that, too. I absolutely think you should. But, god damn, dude. This one is just... The anime is so good. Studio Brainsbase and Studio OX. 13 episode. It counts as an OVA, technically. Um, they had different direct directors for, like, certain chunks of episodes and different writers for certain chunks of episodes. Um, Yasu Hiro Imagawa directed episode 1 to 3 Jun Kawagoe directed episode 4 to 13 and that kind of thing right but just visually it's super cool now me I didn't know this was a sequel when I first watched it when I was younger I thought it was its own thing that was like kind of just based on the Get a Robo I knew Get a Robo was an older robot but I thought this particular thing was like its own thing um, but I did not, at least me personally, I don't remember having trouble understanding the previous context. Um, but this one takes place sometime after the moon wars where things for the original cast have taken a turn for the worse. The main character and pilot of getter one, Rayoma Nagare has been framed for the murder of getter machine builder, Dr. Sao Tome after the death of Sao Tome's daughter, Michiru. 
However, he is released from jail and is reunited on Earth unhappily with his old allies, Hayato Jin and Musashi Tomoe, to fight none other than Dr. Saotome himself, who has seemingly risen from the grave to threaten humanity with his ultimate creation and most dangerous weapon, the Shin Getter Dragon. The Shin Getter Dragon is a massive weapon powered by the same cosmic Getter Rays, which gave life to their machines. However, their efforts to stop Dr. Saotome, not to mention overzealous Japanese defense force, are in vain as nuclear weapons are used on Shin Dragon. The resulting explosion and shockwave of the Getter Rays wipes out 99% of the human population worldwide. Thirteen years after this catastrophe, a humanity clings desperately to life, and the reemerged extraterrestrial invaders threaten planet Earth once more. These are the extraterrestrial invaders that they fought previously in the original. So, yes, this is a sequel, but in my opinion, at least I personally didn't have trouble understanding the context. You know what I mean? It was very apparent to me that these characters were like, you know, from the previous thing and whatever. But just visually, I thought looked really fucking cool. Um, Akihiko Yamashita, not to be, you know, whatever, confused with other Yamashitas. There's like five Yamashitas that are really fucking good at what they do. But like the animation in this is just super cool fucking robots fighting. There's all there's a point where like a whole a bunch of like getter army clones start coming after Getterobo and Ryoma Nagare pilots it on his own and fucking just slices bitches left and right. It's super cool. There's like a bunch of scenes where like uh almost kind of corny where like, you know, like kind of it reminds me of G Gundam a little bit. Um, you know, where where Ryoma is yelling and he's like, you know, feel the power of the ultimate getter, ah, and he's just like slicing bitches with his axes and shit. Super freaking cool. Super dope. I highly recommend it. It's just awesome. And I love the design of Rayoma Nagara. He's so cool. He's got these bandaged arms and hands and his, like, you know, tattered rag cloak cape thing. And get a robo, too. Awesome, awesome design. He's He fights with this red cape. And the red cape is, like, normally, you know, uh, uh, it's like a kind of long red scarf cape thing. But because in this one it's so old and it's Armageddon, it's like torn and ragged at the end of it, and it's super sick. Love it. Love Get a Robo. So highly recommend Get a Robo Armageddon, 13 episodes. Really sweet. Um, also known as Change Get a Robo. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's called Get a Robo Armageddon. Uh, Ken Ishikawa, the other person who is like the other creator, um, he also did Shin Get a Robo and was the original Get a Robo creator as well. And also, they did Get a Robo Arc, which I was not a huge fan of. Um, Get a Robo Arc aired um, a couple years ago in fall, and it just and, and it maintained like you know like the art style and everything like that. Um, it takes place several years later, um, and it has like it, it's like Rayoma's son or something like that. I don't remember too much about it. That's how boring it kind of was to me. Um, but yeah, I love Get a Robo. Not a fan of Get a Robo Arc, but Get a Robo Armageddon, super dope. Okay. Now, let's see. Uh, this is the last one I'm going to talk about. And I know you guys are going to be all you SOM trolls out there, which I appreciate. I love the SOM trolls. You guys make fun of me, and uh, it's all in good fun. I understand that. It's hilarious. But, like, this is, like, one of the few moments I get to talk about it, and I really want to talk about it as much as I can. And, and again, 
I'm not reviewing anything, okay? I'm not trying to review things right now. I'm just recommending three mecha anime that I happen to enjoy that aren't Gundam and Evangelion and that kind of thing. And for me personally, um, this is probably my favorite of this list. Um, and a lot of people will make fun of me and say that I love it more than Evangelion. That's, mm, I, I would say that's like, it's. I would say it's almost somewhat close in a different way, but it's nothing like Evangelion at all. This is one I would call a real robot show and a space opera. And that's Martian Successor Nadesco. And I've talked about this millions of times. I've talked about it on our OST apps, our opening apps, and I'm sure many other times I've talked about it on, um, you know, our Mecha Mayhem. I think I had the Black Serena on Mecha Mayhem brackets or whatever. Um, but this is actually like, you know, they were bringing the space opera back. And this was an anime that was kind of like, okay, we've seen Galaxy Express. We've seen Macross. We've seen enough Gundam. Let's get a new fucking mecha space opera in here. Uh, we've seen Battle Spaceship Yamato. You know what I mean? Let's get a new, um, let's get a new spaceship space opera in here. And that's this. And so the Nadesco is, um, a ship, right? And so fate intervenes when Akito Tenkawa's home on Mars is destroyed. And he is mysteriously transported instantly to Earth. He has questions no one can answer fully, but follows a girl from chance meeting and hopes to discover any. The girl, Eureka Misimaru, is captain of the private battleship Nadesco, and in order to follow her, he enlists as their cook. Possessing the nanite implants that allow to control mechas, he's a handy backup pilot for the mechas of the Nadesco, known as the Estevales. He joins a crew bent on avenging Mars that seems to be composed only of misfits, otakus, and ditzes, However, in reality, they are hand-picked experts. They take their own private war back to Mars to face the harsh reality that life may not always be like a giant mecha series. So, and it's cool, too, because this actually has commentary on mecha as a genre itself, which is really funny. Um, there's a show within this show called Geki Ganger 3, which is kind of a parody of, like, Mazen Kaiser and Getter Robo um, that Akito grew up watching, and that kind of takes a big... It, it's weird because it, it weirdly takes a big part of like is it it's weirdly a big part of the story um in a cool way and so they are at currently at war with the jovians um the earth defense forces um are at war with the the, the jovians who live on jupiter and so there's a a company called nergal heavy industries that designs things for the earth defense forces but then they also decide to take matters into their own hands and build the Nadesco. And they fly into space. And although they are under, like, commanding authority of the Earth's Defense Forces, they can still act as their own kind of exploration ship and do whatever the fuck it is they need to do to try and help bring this war to an end. Okay? And so the main character, Akito Tenkawa, he wants to cook. That's his main thing. Um, he starts figuring out things about his past, how he got transported to Earth, that kind of thing. And it turns out that he's like a really good pilot, which is super cool. And so the mecha design in this, I got to find the name of the mecha designer. Hold on a second. I should have had this before. My apologies. Um, but the mecha design in this is super cool. It's functional. These are what I call a real robot. Mika Akitaka. That's his name. Mika Akitaka has done the mechanical design for Data Live. Strike the Blood, 
Gundam Unicorn, um, Gundam Double Eighty War in the Pocket, um, City Hunter, Silent Mobius. Um, I think he even did some for. Oh, I must be thinking of someone else. I must be thinking of Tatsuo Yamada. Probably. I'm thinking of somebody else. I was thinking of, I was about to say Pat Labor. But anyway, um, Mika Akitaka did a really good job of of uh, designing these, these mechas. And Mika Akitaka is most known for the um, Mobile Suit Gundam Girls. So... He's, there's a lot of there's a few art books of, of, of that out um but the Gundam girls are basically um they're basically anime girls wearing they almost look like battle girls you know and but their armor is just like based off of Gundam and so I think he also did did he do I think he also did Galaxy Fraulein Yuna I'm trying to look that up right now I think he did the mecha design in, in Yuna, Galaxy Fraulein Yuna. If you've never seen Galaxy Fraulein Yuna, you should. He did. He's the original creator and character designer of Galaxy Fraulein Yuna. This was kind of a way for him to do, like, the Mobile Suit Gundam Girls without actually having them having armor of Gundam Girls, which is kind of cool in a way, right? Because, like, you see these Gundam Girls that he creates, and it's like, dude, I'd watch an anime of that, and this is kind of that for him, which is super dope. I grew up watching Galaxy Fraulein Yuna. I happen to love it a lot. Um, but yeah, mecha designer for Nadesco. And then the Estevales are super cool because they're functional. Um, the they have rocket arms, but like they're like realistic rocket arms. They're not like they're not like you know Mason Kaiser or Getaroba where it's a rocket arm that's completely separate from the body and then somehow magically makes its way back to the arm. The Estevales have rocket arms that are pulled on a really thick fiber optic like cable, and so like. Um, it was using a, a gear pulley system, motor system in each arm. So like, you know, they just get reeled right back like a fishing pole. And so, which is funny because like when Akito first pilots in Estevalias and he uses the rocket punch, he's like, holy crap, it's just like in that anime, Geki Ganger. <laughs> like, and which is funny because Geki Ganger himself is based off Amazing Kaiser who uses rocket punches. So that being said, there's plenty of other mechas in this. There's the Jovian lizards. They kind of look like little bugs. There's uh, the Delphiniums, which is um, mechas designed for use by the Earth the Earth Defense Forces, um, which almost look like rockets with arms. Really kind of fucking cool. Then there's the Daimajus, which are the main big mecha... Main, main big mecha robots that the Jovians use. And they're modeled and based off of Geki Ganger, because the Jovians love Geki Ganger. And so, it's just this really cool fucking space opera. It's almost kind of episodic for a while. And then there's like a point where like Akito gets like, uh, they lose him for a little bit and then he comes back and some other stuff. And like there's, it's episodic even in some parts later on when they go into characters' backstories like Ruri's and Minato's and all that stuff, right? And it's also a nice blend of, like, comedy and romance thrown into a space opera. You know, with most space operas, space opera in general is, like, a blend of a bunch of different genres. It's just that because that because of that, it's like you're watching a, a stage drama, stage play uh, in space, right? So there's comedy, there's laughter, there's romance, there's love triangles, there's drama, there's 
uh, action, there's duels, there's fighting, that kind of thing, right? And so the comedy in it, I think, is really funny. It's It's got a lot of 90s tropes, comedy tropes in it, but also, like, there's really cool moments when characters just are discovering who they are and little things like that. You kind of walk away from the anime remembering each member of the crew, and you're kind of, like, thinking, like, who is my favorite member? Who's my favorite crew member? Is it Megumi the Helmswoman? Is it Minato the communications officer? Is it uh, Seiya Uribataki, the, the head mechanic? Is it Goat Hori, the ship's, you know, head, like, security person? Is it Mr. Prospector, the guy who does all the budgets and shit? Is it Akito, one of the cooks? Is it Miss Halme, the head chef? Is it Eureka, the captain? You know what I mean? Is it the admiral? It's like you start remembering. Like, I just named all of them for you, right? Because, like, I remember them so much. Every character is so memorable um, when you walk away from it. And it's just super cool. It's a great show. The design of the ships, even are just really fucking cool. The design of the Nadesco itself and the Nadesco, uh, the design, there's another ship called, called the Nergal Cosmos. And it's like a sister ship to the Nadesco, which is super cool. And just really awesome, man. It's just super fucking cool. I love it. It's a lot of people will make fun of me because I talk about it all the time. Like, Oh, everyone take a shot. So I'm talking about Nadesco or whatever, but no, I really think People should give it a try. It's a really fun show. And, you know, it may not be an 8 out of 10 or 7, maybe not even a 7 out of 10 to you. I mean, I personally think it's an 8 for me. You know, at most, it might be a 6.5 or 7 to you guys. I think it's really enjoyable. And to be honest with you, I think it goes kind of fast. So, I mean, I will say this, though. You have to watch the sequel movie, The Prince of Darkness, with it which takes place two years after the show because the show's ending is like, it's not a lot of closure and I won't say what happens obviously, but like you'll kind of feel like, okay, well what the hell? Right. And so I'm sorry to spoil that for you. I won't say what happens, but like, you know, there's a movie there, right? So like that's, you just got to watch it. You got to watch the sequel movie and it's called Martian successor Nadesco, the Prince of darkness. And that will, at least kind of give you some more content um, beyond the show that I think is worth watching. So, um, and also, oh man, I didn't even mention this. Like the best part of the mecha design of the Estevalis is the cockpits, man. The cockpits come out and can go into other frames of like, so like there's different frames for each for each Nadesco or for intent each Nadesco for each Estevalis. And so there's the zero G frame, which is for work for use in space. There's the land frame, which is the default frame. There's a frame called the heavy artillery frame, which is like this big armored thing. And it comes with missiles and guns and shit everywhere. And then there's the aerial frame, which is for use of just like flying. It's like a plane basically. And so instead of changing mechs, you know, changing Estevalis every time, for the purpose for pur- for different purposes you just stick the cockpit of your estevalis into the frame that you need and so not only does it save on cost um but you know it saves on uh having to fucking figure out what you're supposed to do because sometimes in the middle of a battle they'll change you know what i mean and it's super cool anyways 
I've gushed out about that long enough. And I've gushed about Nadesco enough. And I feel like after this episode, I don't have to gush about it anymore. But that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I know it was a little bit of a different episode. For those of you who aren't a patron, now you've kind of got a taste of what a SOMcast is like. Um, I do highly still recommend everything on this list. If not all of them, at least one of them. And I, if I had to say one, I would say Macross Do You Remember Love? Because it's a movie, and it's easy to consume. Um, and then I probably would say The Big O, and actually all of them. Just, that's why I said, that's why I hit this whole fuck. That's why I did this whole fucking episode, okay? All of them. Just watch all of them. Um, that being said, to Nick and Danny, I promise I'll try not to talk about Mecca anymore. Shut up. Okay? Fuck you. Alright? Fuck the both of y'all. Y'all smell. Alright. I've been Sam, and this has been the Anime Summit Podcast. <laughs>